to the Bullington Capital Report, hosted by Bill Bullington. For the next hour, you'll receive information on current market conditions and trends that could affect your financial future. If you have a question, you can participate in today's program by calling 216-901-0945. That's 216-901-0WHK. You can also reach Bill by going to his website, BullingtonCapital.com. And now, here's Bill Bullington. Well, welcome back. I just flew in from Columbus this morning, and my arms are really tired. <laughs> that is so old, so corny. Sorry about that. The uh, anyway. Oh, <laughs> uh, hey, I'm going to start off by talking about the seminar we have coming up. That is Saturday, July 13th. It's going to be 8:30 in the morning. That's a uh, early one. The 60-second retirement plan and risk control in your finances. And uh, that's what we're going to be talking about. 60-second retirement plan. You know, I have people asking me a lot, like, well, how much money do I need to retire? And I'm always telling them, you know, I can figure that out in 10 seconds. It actually takes me about five. So if you tell me how much money that you need in retirement, I'm basically going to multiply that number by 20. Could be 24 if you use the old, I'm sorry, 25 if you use the 4% rule. But I'm going to multiply by 20 and say, okay, this is what you need if you did not have Social Security or a pension. So let's say somebody says, look, I need 100000 bucks, okay, $2 million. Somebody says, I need um, 85000 okay, that's a $1.7 million. I'm sorry, yeah, is that right? Yeah, $1.7 million. I had to do that. Do the math in my head again really quickly. I, so I never write this stuff down. You know, I come and uh, I, I think about everything I'm going to say, but I almost never write it all down. Anyway, so essentially, what you're doing is you're just multiplying by twenty, which gives you the same result as dividing by five percent. So if you were going to take a five percent withdrawal rate, now if you're going to do a four percent withdrawal rate, and one of the reasons I don't do that, especially on the radio, is because you have to multiply by twenty-five, and that's a little more difficult. <laughs> And uh, anyway, if you're going to use the 4%, you know, it's 25 times. So if you needed 100,000, you need 2.5 million, 4%. Yeah, now that's excluding Social Security, excluding any type of pension income you might have, excluding any type of work income you might have. So that will reduce that number substantially. Let's say you get $2,000 a month from Social Security. Yeah, it's $24,000 a year. 20 times that's 480,000. You just knock down the amount that you have to save by $480,000. Wow. Who knew? Only people who've listened to my show for the last 20 years. <laughs> it's actually been more than 20 years now. I can't believe that. That's uh that is amazing. I remember the first show like it was yesterday. I had worked on it for hours. I'd worked on it for hours. I had everything written down. I wrote every single word down, which lasted a whole 15 minutes. <laughs> I was so nervous, I blew through that material in 15 minutes, and I had the rest of the show to do. So at the first commercial break, <laughs> I was panic-stricken. Uh, fortunately, I had uh, brought with me a book, one of Peter Lynch's books on investing, and I just literally read from the book. It was almost like a bad episode of Saturday Night Live when Andy Kaufman used to read from the books. I don't know if you remember that. The uh, You can Google it and uh, you watch it on YouTube. It's pretty funny. But except mine was real life. <laughs> I 
I was literally reading for my life, <laughs> at least my radio life. But again, back to the seminar. You can sign up for it. It's uh, Saturday morning, July 13th. We're going to talk about the 60-second retirement plan. You know, um, I say it's generally pretty simple, and it, and it is. But what makes it complicated uh, typically are, are people's um, marriages and their lives. A lot of people were, you know, they've worked for, uh, I don't know, a government organization. They participated in a government pension and they worked in the private sector. So they get some social security. They got to figure out which is which. Um, that's really rough sometimes. Occasionally you need a little bit of help with that. Um, different ages. You know, if, if one spouse is five years older than the other, it makes it really complicated uh, as far as, you know, how you're going to do this now. And, and essentially that's where you need help and you have to make some decisions there. So we're going to talk a, a little bit about those types of things at the, the workshop because the 60 second retirement plan really is, it's less than 60 seconds. How much in savings do you have and how much income will you have? Can we take the savings, you know, Take somewhere between four and six percent of that amount. Uh, higher amount that you're going to take, the more risk you're going to have to take. You could run out of money if you take too much risk. You got to know that. I mean, you have to know that now. Hey, this is weird. My computer just reset itself. Holy schmoly. It's not even plugged in. Yeah. Uh, wow. Anyway. So when you have spouses that are different, uh, different ages, that can complicate it a little bit. Um, if one of them's a member, you know, teaches school and the other one's been in the private sector, that's a little bit different. So the main thing is you have to figure out well, as a uh, prospective, you know, retiree, what you need to figure out is how much you're going to have, when you're going to have it, what kinds, how do you access the money that you have in savings most efficiently? Um, and you know, a lot of those answers, there are no really right answers to give. <clears throat> there's a right answer for you and that's based on your wants and needs. Okay, that's the, uh, basically how that goes. So you, you really have to have uh, a conversation, I think, with somebody. And it's, that, it's not an easy thing to do. But if you want to uh, not have to go back to work in retirement, that's probably a pretty good thing to do. In most cases, talk to somebody who does it a lot. Um, try to get the information for them. So we offer a free get-to-know-you um, meeting. And in that meeting, most of the time, I'm going to tell you what you need to be able to do uh, a projection, retirement projection, if that's what you're looking for. And it's kind of what we um, specialize in at Bullington Capital is retirement income planning. And I'm really fond of saying you are never too young to start planning for retirement because it is a bear. Being able to walk away from your job one day and not have to take a pay cut, do you know how few people ever achieve that? Less than one in 30. Less than one in 30 are able to walk away from their job without taking a pay cut in some way, shape, or form. One in 30. So by the way, if you are a member of that one in 30, congratulations. You're better off when you're walking through the mall, look around you, you know, Count 29 people. Okay, you're the one. <laughs> you're the one out of the 30 that's actually going to be able to do that. That is mind-boggling. And they really should teach this to kids when they're about 12. 
think of a 12-year-old. They already know enough math to be able to do to, to divide something by 4%. And incidentally, when you come to the seminar and we're going to talk, we're going to do some examples of the 60-second retirement plan. The uh, I'm going to give you a calculator, so I'm not even going to make you do it in your head like I do. The uh, and a lot of times I should use the calculator. <laughs> the older I get, too, it takes me longer. But um, anyway, I'm going to give you a calculator. Uh, we'll go through some exercises. Uh, how do we know what we're going to have? Uh, how do you know? And by the way, this is good motivation for people to go and check to make sure that their Social Security benefits are up to date. Because if if they're not, it's my understanding you have three years to fix that. And uh, if you don't fix it, then and it's stuck at a lower number, then it's stuck at a lower number. Not too cool. So uh, not that hard to do. There are all kinds of offices for Social Security Administration all over the greater Cleveland area, uh, Northeast Ohio. And you can just look it up online, go out there, just, uh, or I, you can call them or get on, you know, uh, online. I actually have to go back and, and sit again. Yeah, the, for some reason they stopped giving me access online, so I'll have to go back to their office. <laughs> they give it to me if I uh, go down and, uh, which I did last time and, uh, contacted them. I don't, I have no idea why. I, I think it, anyway, long story short, go to the office, get the estimates, make sure they seem to be pretty accurate. And if not, you know, like I said, you get three years to fix it. And it's a big deal. It's a really big deal. And, uh, again, talking about, uh, we'll also at this seminar, we're going to talk about some other things that we've been working on for a very long time. And I'm the big hold up there. I didn't want to put anything out there before it was ready and I still get in fact what I'll do is I'm, I'm going to put some of the material out that I'm thinking about and I'm going to ask questions about it um, I'm kind of a minimalist and I don't like to add any unnecessary steps which would make me very unpopular in Congress yeah or in, or in, uh, in church <laughs> I'm just kidding the uh so I don't like to add any extra steps to something. I just want to do, I want to, I don't want to avoid taking a step that's necessary. That's, that's not the goal. The goal is just to be efficient. Okay, so at this workshop, we're just going to be efficient. And I'd like to test some material that I'm thinking about publishing at this workshop just to see if people understand it. So it's not going to take very long. And uh, you'll be able to see what I'm working on the uh, lookout for the bull website, which I've been working on forever. It's actually it's been out there a couple of different times, but this time I'm like this time I just want to get that where I think everybody can understand what it is I'm saying. And it's actually a market commentary. It's a market commentary, and it's going to be a daily thing. When I'm looking through markets, I love looking through markets. It's just uh, it gets just such a habit. And, and uh, um, I plan on setting up a special account just to do this, just to track the performance of the Lookout for the Bull website. So um, anyway, feel free to go to my website. It's BullingtonCapital.com to sign up for that seminar. Uh, you do not have to sign up for the seminar to set up a meeting. That's a no-cost, just-get-to-know-you meeting. I'll be glad to explain what we do, ask you a couple questions, find out what you're trying to achieve. Maybe there's a, a good fit there. Maybe not. I would say actually probably about 50-50. Uh, 
after somebody's heard uh, us talk and even been to a seminar. Yeah. But anyway, I've got to take a real quick phone call. If you'd like to call in today, the number is 216-901-0945. 216-901-0945. And I'm going to go right to Jerry. Jerry, how you doing? Good afternoon or good morning, Professor Bullington. Oh, I hope wouldn't go that far, but yeah. Yeah. I, well, a couple observations that I have made. Uh, surprised when the um, Iranians shot down that drone that uh, the market didn't take a bit of a hit. Does I think that might be showing a little more strength? And uh... Well, here's what I think you should do, Jerry. And I, I was thinking about this the other day, too. Um, yeah. You should read the headlines... Uh, get a Wall Street Journal. Go to the library. Read oh, the head. Okay, write down your daily opinion of uh-huh. what you think should happen. Okay, just just do it for a month, one month. Write down your daily opinion. I did this for six months. That's how long it took me because I'm a I'm a I'm a hardhead. Okay. I don't I don't I don't believe a whole lot right away. Right. You right. really have to. Uh, and by the way, after I stopped writing it down, I kept track of it mentally and this is one of the reasons i don't look at the headlines that closely or i try not to make a prediction based on it because you will notice how awful you are and no no you know, if you do it gonna, if you do like, this if you do this uh, consistently you're gonna find out that you know you'd be better off throwing darts at financial pages no no i'm just i'm just saying like for example when reagan was shot or this and that, that uh, certain events have a way to trigger the market in a positive or negative way. Well, yeah, a nuclear bomb would be really bad. <laughs> yeah, See, I would think so. The, the, the problem is you won't know it until after it's exploded. <laughs> yeah. all, all I'm saying is I'm just surprised with the tension out, out there that uh, didn't have a, a stronger reaction than what we saw. certainly has driven the price of oil a bit, up a bit. Well, you know what's really interesting is how many gold stocks came up on the scans? Sure, I'm like, holy cow! The uh, I was like, I thought that was really interesting. So, and I'm not sure that it was the uh, explosion. Who knows? And see, so that's the problem. The market actually has a very fickle uh, attention span, so it'll pay attention to something for a while, and then it goes on to something else. Sure, sure. That's- great observation because it's true uh has gold moved up much in the last uh say six months or so i thought at one point yeah no it's actually up a lot over the last six months if you look at the so there's a um uh an etf that's supposed to try to mirror and and it does it's pretty close the price of gold and the symbol is gld so you can look it up you just multiply it by 10 to get the the uh you know the equivalent of gold right now it's at 131 bucks yeah and it was down, let's see, it was down to 111 in August of last year. Can I hear the music? You want to hang on? Yes, I would. Please. Okay. You're listening to Bill Bullington right here on 1420 The Answer. I'll be right back. I see in the rain. I see. And we're back. You're listening to Bill Bullington right here on 1420 every Saturday morning from 11 to noon. Also, carry it as a podcast on 955thefish.com. Or you can pick it up on my website, Bullington Capital, where you can also sign up for that seminar that's coming up. 
shortly. And uh, I will actually have to click back on that page. You know, it's so weird. My all of a sudden the computer just logged off uh, automatically. I don't know how that works. <laughs> anyway, the uh, the seminar is going to be. I have to look up the date on it. It's uh, July thirteenth. That's a Saturday morning, and it's going to start at eight thirty a.m. and probably run for just one hour. And then I'll let you go, and I'm going to get beat it back here to uh, get to the radio show. Anyway, Jerry, you still there? What's this seminar on uh, July 13th concerning? Well, I'm going to do a couple things. Um, I have this program I call the 60-second retirement plan. Uh, uh, and literally, if it takes you 60 seconds, it's because you're, you're new. <laughs> okay. So okay. the other one is uh, risk control in your finances, okay. which is really, that's super important. The, the risk sure. is actually sure. more important than anything else. It's more important than being a good stock picker. Yes, it is. And, uh, or, or even a, a fun picker. But so, so have you been feasting on the uh, bounty of the Beyond Meat uh, stock? No. The, uh, actually, I'm going to stay away from that, and I'm going to recommend that most people stay away from that. If you, look, if you like uh, roller coasters, you'll really like it. <laughs> that the price on this stock last Wednesday got up to 200 bucks. Mm-hmm. And it closed yesterday at 154, and the prior week it had gotten up to 168 for its high. It started out at 120 and closed at 125. So, like I said, if you like roller coasters, see this is what happens when a company doesn't have um, the numbers to back up the current share price. Uh, it, it's going to go all over the place. You've got a bunch of professional investors in there trying to short and go long. You have algorithms in there that are uh, firing off at will, and it's just really, really tough. Um, well, one of the things they said, or they, what the, the press said, was that it was a, a bear squeeze, that the bears wanted to get out of it because they'd just been having their heads handed to them. Uh, sure. That's a, uh, when you short the stock, the only way you can get out of it is to buy it back. Right, right. Yep. At the price, I mean, they were concerned it would go higher, so that may have been what was driving a good bit of the momentum there. Yep. Fascinating to watch. And it's uh, volume, well, it's it's almost a heavy volume every day, uh, but it's not, a, I mean, heavy volume to itself, but would you consider that, it's no longer a thinly traded stock, is it? My question is, why would you want to do anything with that stock? I've been very fortunate to have been in at a very low cost point, so I've done well with it. But I real I wouldn't touch it to get into it again for that. For and and pat yourself on the back. You got lucky, dude. Yeah, well, you, you got better. lucky. They say sometimes better lucky than good. Oh, I'd, I'd I'd much rather be lucky than good. But you know what? That's not that wasn't my role in life. Was not to be lucky. <laughs> God looked at me and said, "Yeah, you're gonna have to learn how to do things yourself." <laughs> well, it's very it's it's almost impossible to look at the financial. It is. Term. I mean, there's nothing there. Well, they they did have a quarterly. What I was saying is, but you look at how far out that that stock is priced. It's ridiculous what what it's selling it, for. You know what it is? It's Amazon in 1999. Right before the fall. Yeah. Right before it went down 95%. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, well. Except I, that Amazon was a, a, it was an innovator. These guys are supposedly innovators. It's like, you know, nobody's ever heard of a vegetarian hamburger. 
right. Oh, but it's beyond meat. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, okay, whatever. The, but yeah, uh, you should try it. It's actually a good product. I don't care. I don't know. I, I really don't care. You've got a company that has $100 million in revenue selling for $9 billion. That's ridiculous. I, I agree entirely. And and by the way, they only lost $26 million last quarter. That's it. They only well, lost $26 million. So that's a big improvement over having lost a whole bunch more than that the prior quarter. <laughs> well, they're saying the next quarter they will be showing a profit. I mean, God help them if they don't. I, I don't have any doubt that this company is going to be profitable, but when you're looking at prices that are this high relative to any sort of valuation measure, any sort, pick any one you want, it's overpriced by about 50-fold. Yeah, I would So whatever you're doing now is you're guessing at the current at who's stuck in a short position that has to buy and cover to drive it higher and who's got the bigger money that's going to come in and short it again and knock it back down you're guessing there's no way to measure that right well i would i would at this point i would not touch it either way it's it's so, you know you certainly wouldn't short it but i wouldn't go long on it either I me either i'm i'm standing it. beside and watching it and and, and if i watch it long enough though. well at some point in time it may actually become a good deal but yeah. that day's not today. Okay. Uh, finally, I was going to say, are there, in analyzing puts and calls, are, is there any um, market sense or whatnot to say, well, that the selling puts or, or selling calls, you know, that one is going to be routinely more, um, you're going to get more wins than losses on it? Or I would say conservative, uh, selling Covered calls is probably the most conservative right. of the option plays, correct? Yep. And selling puts on a bad idea. Cow, on a, on a, uh, no, it's a bad cow. idea. You can't convince me. Okay. Well, I mean, it's certainly not buying it. Like unlimited uh, risk, dude. Buying a put, you can lose a lot more than you have put up. That is very true. That not very not true. interested in that. I want the odds in my favor. I don't, and I don't want the ability for something to cost me multiples of the amount of money that I got for something. Yes, that is not a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Well, I, from my standpoint, as I said, I followed. I just was more curious than than. I know, and I I get a lot of people. By the way, there are if if you're a professional options trader, and that's all you do. You're still taking a lot of risk when you do that, but at least you know the kind of risk you're taking, and you probably have an exit strategy to get yourself out of there really quickly if it starts going against you. Sure. But unless you're willing to sit in front of the computer all day, you know, watching those things, and I would say no, you know, don't, and even the ones that are doing this all day, normally they go broke. That it's it's very common that a prof- somebody considers themselves a professional options trader will hit a streak sometime where they go broke. Now, the market makers on the hand, they call themselves traders. They're not traders. The uh, they're, they're not trading for their own accounts. There is a guy that does do that, and uh, every once in a while he'll call into the radio station. He used to be a, a specialist or a, a market maker down on the floor, and he worked for one of the big trading firms. Now, he'll do this, but he's got an exit strategy. You know, When he gets us to a certain pain point, he's gone. And, he and, might set it say if I'm I'm down by twenty percent or uh, whatever. He'll it's probably on it. probably based on the uh, uh, share price volatility. Yeah, a couple different items there, 
but the uh, but the the bottom line is that's what makes him a professional. He has an exit strategy that's clearly defined. Yeah, well, that's what kind of intrigues me about your July thirteenth uh, seminar. I think that'll be pretty good. Oh, thanks. I I do have a uh, there. I'm gonna. I've talked about this stuff before. I just haven't talked about it in the same fashion that I'm going to talk to. You. I'm trying to find a way of of getting this um, making more clear to people. Because it's you know it realistically it's it's not all that complicated, um, it really isn't. But what I think happens, I don't know. Uh, I've been doing it for so long. I need the feedback from the public to say, hey, does this explanation make sense to you? And sure. if, you know, if it does, then great, I'll stick with that. If it doesn't, I'm going to have to try a new one. <laughs> okay, very good. Well, thank you for all of your wisdom, and uh, we'll see you on July 13th. Okay, thanks. Have a good weekend. You too. Bye. 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 The jury always has good calls. Yeah. Um, but I hope, uh, you know, I, I took this, the options principles exam, which by the way, very few people take that. The uh, very few people take it. And there's a book called options as a strategic investment. You should read it. I did. I studied it. It's like an encyclopedia in one book, by the way. And what I, the conclusion that I came to, was in fact the guy that wrote the book, <laughs> the authority on the subject, wrote the book. Somebody he, he put it way like three quarters of the way through the book, and the book is huge. I forget how many pages it is. Anyway, three quarters of the way through the book, he finally says, "Well, the best option strategy after being asked by you know thousands of people is to know the direction of the stock." Now he was being cynical. <laughs> If you know what direction this stock is going to go and you can be sure of that, well, it's pretty easy. Either buy a put or a call. That's the best strategy. And and he was kind of making fun of it a little bit. But the um, I thought it was really funny that he put that way, way, way deep in the book where very few people are ever like going to see it. Because I'm probably sure that 9 out of 10 people that buy that book never finish it. <laughs> it is a, uh, it's a lot. I mean, it's a lot of information. So and the reality is, what you really should probably be concentrating on is, is how much risk you're taking because controlling the risk is really key. I mean, yeah, you can make really good returns being taking a lot of risk and a lot of people are not, they don't even know what kind of risk they're taking. They have no idea, no idea at all of what kind of risk they're taking. They don't think they're taking risk. That's the thing that boggles my mind. I've had people who've been investing in stocks for decades who don't know how much risk they have. They look at the funds and yeah, you know, look, look how well it's done over the past, you know, one, three, five, ten years. Uh, great. You know, there are a lot of funds out there that were lucky, literally were lucky. And unless you actually knew the 60 second test, which we will cover there again too, because now my uh, calculators came in. <laughs> if you looked at the 60 second test, and you said, hey, how much risk does this stock have? It's the top holding in my fund, and it represents about 5% of the fund. I should probably know that, you know, if I'm invested in that fund. And what is that? Uh, what kind of risk is that taking? Look at the top holdings in the funds uh, for the entire fund. Just Actually, just take a look at the top 10. More often than not, that'll give you a really good idea of how much risk you're taking. I think you do that little 60-second test on the top 10. So after you've learned how to do the 60-second test, uh, it's probably going to take you, um, let me see, 60 seconds on 10 stocks. Okay, you got 10 minutes. 
and probably another 60 seconds to look up the data once you get a good source of information. If you have an account at um, Fidelity, or uh, you can actually look it up there. They've got a good research site. It's really hard to find, by the way, if you're not uh, familiar with their site, extremely familiar with their site. I, I use Morningstar, and I use um, a company called Ycharts. Ycharts is, is a little faster than Morningstar. Anyway, whatever source you're using, if it takes you a whole minute to look it up, that's a lot. So you got about 20 minutes. you got about 20 minutes, once you know what you're doing, to look at a fund and have a pretty good idea of how much risk it's taking. And then you can avoid funds. I, I can't. Uh, some things never leave your mind, by the way. There was, a, uh, there was a particular fund. This guy had loaded up. He had a sterling track record during the 90s. And at one point in time, one stock made up more than half of the fund. One stock. It made up more than half. And when that stock crashed, because sooner or later, all stocks crash. Now, the difference between a blue chip and the rest of the stocks is a blue chip will come back. But it'll still crash. It doesn't avoid the crash. (laughs) None of the stocks avoid crashing. So recognize doing the 60-second test, if you knew that your stock was overpriced and it made up a big chunk of that fund that you'd invested in, maybe consider taking some money out of that fund and moving it to some other places. That would be the prudent thing to do. Now, if that stock goes up and doubles again, and now the performance of that fund looks even more stellar, you just have to forget about that. Don't worry about it. Eventually, they all come back down. It's kind of like gravity. Plane can only stay high for so long. Sooner or later, fuel tanks run out and it's got to come back down. So even the good companies, you know, I uh, we talk a lot about different things here. The Procter and Gamble, you know, I actually stocks up oh probably three or four percent from where I uh, just sold some shares in it. So no big deal. I'm not upset. You know, when you're buying uh, in the high 60s, and we talked about this on the on this show. And the low 70s, and, and it's over $100, and you're up over 50%. That's pretty good, especially for a stock like Procter & Gamble. It could go a lot higher than this. And it's just not a, uh, as undervalued as it used to be. So, and if you, know, if you did that 60-second test, that thing that we're going to be, one of the things we'll be covering. I got a lot of stuff to cover in this seminar in an hour. We have to do the 60-second test, uh, the 60-second retirement plan. I wonder why everything t- takes around 60 seconds. I don't <laughs> How does that work? <laughs> and, uh, realistically, the uh, a lot of this stuff is it's just not as complicated as the industry would like you to believe it is. Now, it's still hard. It doesn't mean because you can simplify it that it's easy. It's a big difference between simple and easy. Simple is looking at the rate of return of the S and P five hundred which didn't exist until the mid-1950s, by the way. But they went back, and with the uh, magic of computers, they said, well, if you had done this in 1926, then uh, I hate when they... We're not allowed to do that. You know, I'd get my license taken away if I did that. The uh, but, but Standard & Poor's can get away with it. <laughs> if you had done this in 1926, and all the way up to the two, through 2019, the S&P 500 has averaged a little over 10% a year. Think about that for a second. Anyway, I hear the music. I'd take a real quick commercial break. You're listening to Bill Bullington right here on 1420 The Answer. Stay tuned.
And we're back. Hey, if you have any phone calls or questions, uh, you can always call us, 216-901-0945. You can call me in the office if you'd like to schedule a brief get acquainted meeting that can be on the phone or in person. We offer those at no charge. If you're thinking about investing, you're looking at uh, concerned about retirement, um, how to make your money last as long as you do, um, feel free to give us a call. I really, uh, now so many people keep asking me, when, when do you think you'll retire? I'm like, never. Um, this is probably the only area where I may be able to compete with Warren Buffett. <laughs> Warren Buffett is still working. You know, and uh, he's one of the wealthiest men that's ever lived. And I'm going to find out what, how old is he right now. That's funny. Isn't it amazing? You know, you can, yeah, he's 88 years old. Still working. Yeah, extremely wealthy. And, and I'll tell you, it's because he likes what he's doing. It's basically because he likes what he's doing. Jeff Bezos, by the way, is actually has a, a higher net worth than him. He's only 55. That's amazing. So, uh, you know what the way to, to make a whole lot of money is, is start a business <laughs> that becomes really successful. Now, if you don't make it, eh, that could be really rough. And, uh, I think obviously there's you know, right time, right place, doing the right things. There's a lot of luck involved. Uh, but anyway, how long do I plan on working? Probably forever, as long as I can, because it's actually very fun. Uh, I like doing these things. Uh, I like what I see every day. There are challenges. In fact, today's Wall Street Journal, really good article. It's called Plugging in the Wind. Uh, the guy that wrote it, his name is Russell Gold. You should read that. The, uh, um, I'll, get, I'll give you the, the lowdown on it. Basically, they can produce electricity using the modern uh, innovations in windmills, and they're able to do it at a lower cost than coal. Now think about that. They can generate the electricity at a lower cost than coal. The problem is... They don't have the transmission lines to get it anywhere or to get it where it needs to go. The transmission uh, lines are not up. And it's, it becomes a really big problem. In fact, uh, that was one of the uh, um, things that the article really talked about and kind of ended on that note. Uh, and my experience over the years is reading a lot of stuff. I mean, you read popular science sometimes. Uh, there are an awful lot of things that come up in that magazine. MIT Technology Review, a lot of things that come up in those magazines. Um, you see a lot of companies have little tiny blurbs throughout Barron's telling them about what they're doing and the kinds of products. You know, They're generally trying to get uh, pump up a, a company that may come public, you know, that's got a solution for a big problem. And it's been my experience that every problem that we have in the world has minimally, at minimally, five viable solutions. There's not enough water in California. I don't know if you guys ever look to your left when you're headed north over there, but there's this big body of water called the Pacific Ocean. <laughs> you know, you just have to approve a desalinization plant, the, uh, at least a couple of them. <laughs> so there are solutions to the problem. There's now, what are you going to do with all that salt? Well, you know, Sea salt actually does not have the same negative impacts that regular salt does on your blood pressure. You might want to package it. <laughs> There's a market for that too. The um, but see the thing is, a lot of people just don't like change. Why do we need to change? You know, well, you don't actually. You can just you know die or yeah, have a lower quality of life. 
you know, that that's the kind of stuff that happens with you know, people that just hate change. And uh, I don't know. I, that's one thing I can tell you about the millennials. They're not afraid to change. They're not afraid. They'll tra- that's switch on a dime. So I think somewhere in the middle there is a good common ground, and uh, it gives me confidence. You know, when I see what's going on in the economy today, I'm very confident. Aren't you afraid this is the longest bull market? Uh, yeah, well, it was one of the deepest bear markets and one of the slowest, it was the slowest recovering market ever in the history. So, yeah, history changes. It does not repeat exactly the same way it did last time. So, realistically, I really honestly believe this is going to be the longest recovery only because it started out so slow. That's what people are, they're leaving out. You know, whenever you're talking to somebody, and most of the time when they're talking like I am, really emphatic, they're leaving stuff out. <laughs> yeah, they don't they don't like to talk about the things that go against their own argument. And I'm I'm glad to talk about it. I mean I in fact I like it when I people are, are uh saying, Hey, but what about this? I know you thought about that, but what about this? In fact there was a, a gentleman who came up at a seminar and uh, he was Bringing up the uh, Huawei, I don't, I don't know if that's how you pronounce it. I have to look that up this week. But one of the bigger manufacturers of electronic components, computers, cell phones, you name it, in the world, and they're headquartered in China. And these guys are being banned for some of the practices that they have. They must be really bad to be banned. Uh, anyway, yeah, they're being banned, and everyone's, oh no, the semiconductors are going to crash. Uh, really? You don't think that company has competitors who would love to be selling the products that they're selling today? Uh, I got news for you. Yeah, there are lots of people lining up to take over that excess demand that's going to be met when they're not allowed to meet it. They're going to come in and, uh, you know, what? that's the way that, you know, actually uh, capitalist societies actually work. You know, when one company fails to to meet the demand or or, goes away, other companies spring up to take advantage of that opportunity. So just the uh something to think about. Incidentally, I did check the gold the price of gold uh was actually thirteen fifty one yesterday. The uh, I think it was, yeah. Or that was a contract, gold contract. Here my computer's going down again. You gotta be kidding me. Anyway, so that the ETF G L D is close to that, it was one thirty one ninety eight. It's not exactly, but the uh it is very close to that. Give you kind of an idea of where the prices of gold are. And for me, that's actually been kind of fascinating. Uh, you look at where gold peaked. I think it was back in 2011. Uh, almost $1,900 an ounce. That's at $1,300.51 an ounce today. And what year is it? It's, yeah, it's 2019. Yeah, and gold was 1800 bucks. Now it's $1,300. I don't know. Sound like a good investment? Yeah. That that's the tough thing about gold, just buying and holding it. I'm not a I'm not a huge fan. Just not a huge fan. I remember when it was like seven, eight hundred dollars an ounce, I was sixteen. I was sixteen years old. I'm embarrassed to tell you how old I am now. <laughs> and the stock's only I mean, uh, the price of gold's only thirteen hundred bucks. That that's you've done better in a passbook savings. Uh you know you've done better in a uh zero coupon bonds. I've, I'm sorry, the savings bonds. Government savings bonds. So, yeah, I'm not a huge fan of gold. I think it comes in. If you're going to invest in gold, then you you need to incorporate price movement, I think, as part of your strategy. 
And I'm not a big fan. Uh, it has a tendency not to put in really big trend-like moves. In fact, the stocks that put in big trend-like moves have a tendency to have certain things in common. And those things that they have in common we'll actually be talking about at the seminar that's coming up. You hate when I do that, don't you? <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah, it's going to be Saturday, July 13th, and we'll talk a little bit about that too. So I've got about four or five topics. I'm going to spend about 10 minutes on each one, and I'm going to open up for questions, and uh should be a lot of fun. And again, that is July 13th. That's a Saturday morning, 830 you can go to my website, BullingtonCapital.com, to sign up online. There's no cost to attend. Seating is, uh, seating is limited. And it should be a lot of fun. Uh, the main two topics, we're going to spend at least a few minutes on each one of these. The 60-second retirement plan, it's really not that complicated. Uh, and risk control in your finances. That's where I'm going to teach the 60-second test. How do you know how risky a stock is? How do you know that? Um, if you've got access to the data and it takes you more than 60 seconds, it's because you either didn't see the 60 second test and nobody explained how to do it for you or you're fooling around. <laughs> there's no other, there's no other way. So, uh, and uh, you use that 60 second test. This is one of the things that I like to use when I'm looking at a mutual fund to see how much risk it's been taking. Um, it's great to have a great track record. I'd really like to know how, you know, how did they achieve the track record? And if I see stuff in there that's not too overly, uh, too highly valued, it's not overpriced, in other words, then I feel a whole lot better about that fund. Then I'll read even more into it. But if I see that Beyond Meat is one of the top holdings and that, <laughs> I'm just picking on Beyond Meat. I bet I had so many people calling me and asking me about that before it even came public. Before this thing came public, they found out about it. And they wanted to invest in it. I'm like, yeah, let's wait until it opens. And then it opens. I'm going, wow, that is a uh, huge premium to pay for a stock. If you knew the 60-second test, in fact, you can't even do the 60-second test because they haven't had a profit yet. But the uh, you can look at the sales. and You can estimate what profits might be one day. Boy, is that, you know, talk about a long shot. Trying to estimate profits on a company that's never earned one yet. Mm, yeah, okay. tough, very difficult to do. But if you look at the price that the, the people who uh, have a whole lot of money and are allowed to go right to the front of the line paid for the stock, they, they've, they're, they've done very well. I hear the music. That means my show is over. Oh, no. Anyway, you've been listening to Bill Bullington here every Saturday morning from 11 to noon on 1420 The Answer. Have a good week, everybody. Good luck. Good investing. You just caught another edition of the Bullington Capital Report, broadcasting every Saturday at 11 a.m. on AM 1420, The Answer. If you have a question and you'd like to speak to Bill personally, you can call him at 330-664-0700. That's 330-664-0700. Or online at BullingtonCapital.com. That's BullingtonCapital.com. 
Past performance may not be indicative of future results. Therefore, no current or prospective client should assume that the future performance of any specific investment, investment strategy, including the investments and or investment strategies recommended and or purchased by advisor or product made reference to directly or indirectly will be profitable. Different types of investment involve varying degrees of risk and there can be no assurance that any specific investment will either be suitable or profitable for a client's investment portfolio. No client or prospective client should assume that any information presented serves as the receipt of or substitute for personalized investment advice from the advisor or any other investment professional. The preceding program has been paid for by Bullington Capital Management, LLC.